Well, let's see what Jackie Redmond thinks. Uh, Jackie Redmond, host at the NHL Network, was part of TNT's coverage last night of the Leafs Chicago game. Jackie, on ice jewelry, in or out? <laughs> I'm out. I can't. Like, <laughs> to, to be clear, like I played sports growing up. I'm not speaking out of turn here, all right? So I've worn rings and necklaces and that sort of thing, playing baseball, basketball, hockey, you name it. I don't understand how people do it. Because it's like, especially a necklace, I just feel like it can move around a lot. And it, I just find it annoying. Even baseball players, I'm like, why do you have to have a big chain around your neck while you're running the bases? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So I am not, <laughs> I'm not looking to be part of anyone's chain gang. So, um, but hey, whatever, whatever works for Austin Matthews works for Austin Matthews. So all the power to him. Yeah, I'm remembering now that like I, my boyfriend has had a family heirloom of mine on his chain and lost it during a hockey game. Oh, so God. now I'm actually <gasps> out on... I'm remembering no. that somewhere there's a cross that belongs to my family at Ryerson University's oh, hockey rig. Tough. So now I'm out on on-ice jewelry. That's tough. I, that ha- well, that happened actually... Was it... Uh, there was a football game where a guy had a chain and the pendant was given to him by like his father and he lost it on at Lambeau Field. Uh, I can't, I'm blank on the running back. And then they had to f- try and find it. They eventually did find it, luckily... Because I think his father had passed. It was like one of the things that he had yeah. from him, and they found it. The one that I find bizarre is like, like Zeke Elliott does this, where they wear like a bull ring. Like, how do you wear a bull ring in the middle of a, of a game? I'd be so worried about someone trying to yank at that, right. especially in a game oh. like football. Like, oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, seriously. Jackie Redmond on the phone, uh, host of the NHL Network. She was on the broadcast last night for TNT, and you got to catch up with some of the guys in the Leafs. You could tell that Morgan Riley was happy to see you last night. He gave you kind of a look (laughs) behind the curtains at at some of the Leaf personalities. What stood out to you about your chat with him? You know, just I just think how much he's grown into being a leader on that team. Like, you know, we always talk about him and his time with the Leafs and being the longest tenured Leaf. One are the longest tenure leaf, excuse me, and I haven't seen him in person in a really long time. So to actually catch up with him, I was like, man, you're like all grown up now. It's so crazy to me. But talking to him in that interview and even a little bit before, you know, I just think that, you know, he's kind of a bit of the heartbeat of this team, right? He's been there for so long. He's been through all of the, you know, ups and the downs over the years, dating back to before Austin Matthews was in town. So for me, he's a good guy to ask about how this team has grown and evolved and changed. And, you know, I got the sense from him that he really believes that they have grown and matured and gotten stronger through the adversity that they faced. And then talking to Sheldon Keith afterwards, you know, he feels the same way. And, and he's really proud of the way the group has handled adversity in season. And he feels like in the last couple of years, they haven't faced the amount of adversity that they have this year in the regular season. And he looks at it as a positive, especially with the way that they've handled it. So, um, yeah, I got, a, I got a very strong sense of, like, mental confidence from the guys that I talk to, if that makes sense. Maybe yeah. that's the inner, inner Leaf fan in me, hoping mm. that that's the case. But I truly did get that vibe. Like, I got the impression that this is a team that is not really worried about anything that anyone's saying outside of that room. And they're just focused on, like, all right. We've been through the ringer. We're, we've got a job to do now. So that was positive.
Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's translating on the ice, too. Like, Craig Button joins us every Thursday, and, and he's a big proponent of show me, don't tell me. And I feel like they're showing us this year that things are different. Like, I know we all kind of goofed on John Tavares at the beginning of the year when he said there's been an evolution of maturity with this group. But honestly, when you're watching yeah. this game, and I think a player that I can pinpoint and, and really look at it as like a, a microcosm of that is, is William Nylander. And the season that he's kind of having, and you look at last night, the play on the Connor Timmons goal, like that's just a strong four check. William Nylander putting pressure on the Chicago Blackhawk and ultimately allows the, the support man and in, 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 uh, Matthews get in there and it leads to a goal. And like That's just the type of stuff that I don't know we saw on a consistent basis, but that evolution of maturity is being shown on the ice with plays like that and, and guys like Nylander you know, really buying in and I think it's what's led to a lot of success this season. Yeah, I totally agree and I, I would throw Mitch Marner into that equation as well. For sure. Not- necessarily because of the amazing season that he's having. But I just think you listen to him in interviews and stuff now. We all know Mitch Marner, right? Comes into the league, is he too small, proves that he's not too small, that he's actually really sick and and can play at the pro level. Goes on to have a great career that has the the playoff performances, you know, puck over the glass, the devastation in the penalty box in that playoff series. Like, a guy that really cares about being a Leaf and being successful and you know, he wears it. That's kind of been his reputation. And I feel like this year he's kind of really stepped into his own of like, okay, I know who I am. I know what I can do. And I'm not phased by the criticism, the pressure or any of that, where I feel like in the past, it's been pretty obvious from the outside that he does care and he does listen to what people are saying. But this year you see him, you know, I think it was on, on, um, on a networking in Canada, actually, they asked him about Brad Marchand's quote a week ago about, oh, all he talks about is like his video games and his dog, and he laughed about it. <laughs> he wasn't faced by it at all. He was just like, hey, I don't really recall ever talking to Brad on the ice, but hey, that is what I do in my spare time. I like video games, and I love my dog. Like, so what? And so I feel like that is is kind of a sign of a player that is very comfortable with who they are and isn't worried about proving it so much anymore. And he's having, obviously, a heck of a season and, and having – fun, you know, with the reminder of his dog Zeus on all of his equipment and everything else. So I do feel like we're seeing a very, we're seeing a Mitch Marner that I think is more comfortable in his skin than ever, not just on the ice, but off of it too. Yeah, they're feeling themselves. You just get good vibes coming off the off that team and out of that <laughs> locker room right now. Uh, okay, last night the focus in Toronto was kind of on uh, well Austin Matthews returning of course and he was so good but a lot of people ISO camming Patrick Kane last night and I heard you talking about the possibility of maybe Patrick Kane to the leaves ahead of the game it feels like a pipe dream like it doesn't feel real and in the past couple days it started to feel like a thing that could actually potentially happen so how do you feel about it all Jackie well, here's the thing. So I'm I'm a WWE girl, right? I like wrestling. Yeah, and yes. in wrestling, we do this thing called dream booking. And, you know, you kind of throw realistic expectations out the window, and you're like, what is a dream matchup or a dream scenario that I would just love to see that might not ever happen? And for me, seeing Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews on the same team is something that I would just, I would just kill to see it. You know, they're two American-born players. Patrick Kane is a player that Austin Matthews you know, really admired, you know, coming up in the game. They had the, the famous um, goal response game a couple of years ago where they did the, like, listening to the crowd yeah. or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> like that crazy hockey It was like the Hulk Hogan, right? Ago. The Hulk Hogan? Yeah, the Hulk Hogan, exactly. And so I just think it would be really fun. And if you can't dream book, 
and come up with dream scenarios two weeks before the trade deadline, then like, what are we doing, you know? So for me, it might not be the best fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs and what they need necessarily. I think it would be fun to see. I will say this, you know, having watched Patrick Kane up close last night, I feel like he really needs to maybe get that hip Fixed. Yeah, like, like it wasn't much of an audition team. last night, right? Like if he was yeah. looking to make an impression on Maple Leafs fans, people in the building, Kyle Dubas, not much of an audition last night. Yeah, it didn't look great, right? And like to his credit, like, and I mean this in the most respectful way, like he's not exactly playing with the most elite players in the league right now. Right. But I just think he's clearly banged up. He's not the Patrick Kane that that we're used to seeing. And I saw a lot of takes too last night after the game, like. Oh, is Patrick Kane done? Is he is he over? This guy had over ninety points last year. I don't think Patrick Kane is washed. I think Patrick Kane is banged up, and I think that he should probably deal with that, especially now that he didn't go to his his preferred destination, the New York Rangers. Maybe take care of yourself and then figure it out later. That doesn't really help the Chicago Blackhawks, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. What did you make of Max Domi's game last night? Because of all of the players that, you know, maybe Toronto could be interested in, he was the one that kind of stuck out to me most. Like, I guess I'll I'll ask you about two players in particular last night. Who do you think would be a better solution on that second line left wing spot? Max Domi or Alex Kerfoot? Oh, that's a hard question. I like the question, though. The thing with Max Domi is that up in, you know, the last few years since he left Montreal and before arriving in Chicago, he bounced around a little bit, right? So he finally finds a home with the Blackhawks. He's very familiar with the Blackhawks head coach who was in Montreal when he was there. So I think that's a nice relationship for him. And obviously, you know, despite everything that we've been saying about Patrick Kane having this down year, I mean, Max Domi has gotten the opportunity to play with Patrick Kane. And even though Patrick Kane isn't having a Kane-like season, a Showtime season necessarily, that's still going to benefit Max Domi. So I'm like, okay, you take him out of that situation where there's no pressure and he's not getting to play with Patrick Kane. He doesn't play with him full-time, but he, he played with him last night a little bit. Um, then, then what are you going to get? I just don't know. I'm always worried about a player that bounces around from a few different teams and struggles to find a spot. Like, why is that? How come it didn't work in Carolina? Carolina is a good team. Why weren't you yeah. we able to contribute there? You know, yeah. in Chicago, yes, he's having a great year. I'm super happy for him. He's a great guy. But is it because there's not a whole lot else going on on that team and there's no expectations? I don't know the answer to that. But I could see why that would be a player that the Leafs might be looking at just because of his contract situation. Yeah, the last name doesn't hurt either. It's, it's always nice to have oh, a last yeah. name like that around here. Uh, with Jackie Redmond right now of the now, NHL Network. Now, would, jo- would Joey Anderson be willing to give up 28? I think he would. I think that one would be a little bit easier than the 88 situation. I think Domi would, would be able to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, with Jackie Redmond right now of the NHL Network. Okay, before we move on from the Leafers, Jackie, we haven't gotten to talk to you in a while, and, and we probably won't ahead of the trade deadline. So what does an ideal trade deadline for the Maple Leafs look like to you? Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it happen, but we've, we've spent a lot of time talking on our show about Barbashev and St. Louis. I know it's a player that a lot of teams really like, which is going to drive the price up. Um, but I think he, he fits what they need. He can do a lot of different things. I think he's a, a bigger player that, um, 
can kind of give the lease a little bit of a different look. And he's not super expensive. So to acquire him, I think, would be easier than acquiring a big-name player with a, with a bigger cap hit. And then it gives you room to also maybe add a depth piece on the back end. I've been kind of going back and forth with what I think is more important. Like, do the Leafs need a middle six, bottom six forward more than they need help on the back end, or is it the reverse? And I feel like every day I have a different opinion. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I'm with to, you. They need, yeah, like I think they need to try to find a way. And I think if they if they get a Barbashev, then maybe they can add. I, I'm a big fan of this for like emotional reasons. I feel, but like maybe you get a Barbashev and, and a Luke Shen. Although I know Calgary is interested in Luke Shen. Luke Shen is not going to solve your problems and, and win you a cup. But he is a nice six-seven defenseman that provides a layer on the back end that the Leafs don't really have right now. Like, Luke Shen is a hitting machine. He works his tail off. He's not very fast, but I think in a limited role, deep on the back end, I mean, Tampa made it work with him, right? He won two cups with Tampa. So he can be useful, I think, when he's slotted in the right spot. In Vancouver, I think he just has a little bit too much responsibility. But I think if you, if you get a forward, a higher-end forward for your middle six, bottom six, whatever, and then get a, um, a piece on the back end. I think that's kind of the ideal scenario for me. Maybe it's not Luke Shen, maybe it's someone else. But I think they got to try to do both, unfortunately. Jackie, who's a team that's kind of hiding in the weeds that you think could make a splash that's not getting talked about a whole lot here coming up to the deadline? Ooh, a splash at the deadline? Well, I think Tampa always does something that we don't see coming, right? Like, they're going to go acquire some player, and we're going to be like, what? And then that player is going to score a game winner in game six for them and, like, send them to the second round or something. Um, So Tampa's always interesting. I think we could see Dallas make a big move. Um, You know, they're playing very well in the West. And they're a team that I think they've – we've talked about them. They've lost a lot of games in overtime or the shootout. So we kind of phrase it like they just need that extra goal, you know? They just need a little bit of extra – offense. So maybe a Patrick King goes to Dallas, although after what we saw last night, maybe that's not the greatest fit um, in terms of his health. But I think the Dallas Stars could be a team that we see make a move. I think the Seattle Kraken maybe could try to make a move. They've had, you know, a surprising but good season. They've started to struggle here a little bit more um, since the All-Star break. So I could see them trying to do something to make the playoffs because I think it's important to them. Um, to get that team in the postseason, give that fan base something uh, to cheer for in April. So I think the Seattle Kraken might be a team that does something that we don't see coming. Because no one's really talking about Seattle. Yeah. I yeah. think they could make a move. Is Vegas, like, eerily quiet to you with that with Stone on the IR? Like, they always just do something erratic at the deadline. They do. Like, they always go out and get the big fish, right? Yeah. Like, they go out, they get a big-name player, and they're like, we don't care if it doesn't make sense. We will do it. Like, yeah. Whatever. And then we'll figure it out. How, how, how about, remember the first year? What did you have? A first, yes. a second, and a third for Thomas Tatar, and then scratched him throughout the play. Oh, my oh, gosh. Was like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, I remember at the I time being like, I forgotten about that. Like, oh, that was just such a bizarre deal at the time. It was was just insane what they gave up. It's as if they had so many picks and prospects from when they were farming, when they, you know, were coming into the league that they're like, we don't care. We're going to give this stuff away like candy. Come on down, Tommy Tatar. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, actually, 
You're not great. We're yeah. not going to play you at all. <laughs> so bizarre. Like, actually, remember that thing? Never mind. We're we're over it already. Yeah, we've moved uh, on. I totally, I had totally forgotten that that even happened. I don't know about Vegas. I just think they're they are not the same team without Mark Stone. I think that's that's very obvious. And now they've got injuries in net. Like, I don't know. Vegas is a weird team to me. That. Maybe if they if they don't do something significant at the deadline, like I could see Vegas falling out. At the same time, I could see them winning the division. Yeah, the Pacific is weird, man. Yeah. Extremely. Like I don't know what to expect. Anyone could win it. Um, so we'll see. But Vegas, just to me, I just can't buy in. All season, I've been off with them. So I, they probably should do something. Um, but I don't. I don't know that they. I don't know what they could do. Well, I mean, the Patrick Kane was, was, was referenced to them, but does Patrick Kane want to go there? I don't know. Does he really solve anything? I don't know. I don't know. Ryan O'Reilly. Showtime in Vegas does make some sense. There. I know. Well, cause <laughs> yeah. It's just like you know they're going to do something. Like yeah. They always yes. do do something. But, yeah, who knows if they feel like uh, if, they, if they're ready to compete, if they're ready to do something big and something bold. It's like, yeah, right now they're, they're leading the division, but two points separates you know first from fourth. Really, you know who? You know who I think really needs to do something is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm. They're a really, really good regular season team. Um, but with the Pacioretty injury and what that does for them um, with their cap, I just think they, like, this is the year I think they need to have a little more, like, um in their lineup. They're a really solid team. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But they are this team that has proven to be really solid in the regular season. They get to the playoffs, and they're okay, but they're just not – they don't have that killer instinct in a series. Maybe a healthy Freddie Anderson helps them, although he has his own playoff <laughs> yeah. to prove, right? Yeah. So Carolina, to me, is like they're a team that's been knocking on the door for a while now. they got to take that next step, and I think they might need a little – to borrow a term from Mike Rupp, a little pizzazz in their lineup. Mm. So what does that look like? I'm not sure, but I do think Carolina needs to do something. We'll see if they do. Two deep cuts in that final answer from you. Killer Instinct and Freddie Anderson. <laughs> I had to bring up right at the end there, Jackie. So uh, bad. So bad. <laughs> the Leafs' greatest hits. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. Really appreciate you taking the time, as always, Jackie. Thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we can chat again soon. Hey, full disclosure, I totally forgot I was doing this. So if you heard my treadmill in the background, I'm sorry. But You're doing amazing. happening right now. You did fantastic. <laughs> did fantastic. Hey, actually, I do got to ask you. I do have to ask you one wrestling-related question. Oh, go for it. Does Sammy win it? Does he take uh, the belt off Roman? Here's the thing. I want it to happen so bad. And Sammy Zayn has just become this unbelievable superstar. He's like everyone's favorite WWE superstar right now. I know. The thing is, I don't trust Roman, and I definitely don't trust Paul Heyman. I just have a feeling, and this is, I don't have any inside info. This is just pure speculation, to be clear. I don't trust that family. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> something might happen. I'm sure they're going to have some sort of trick up their sleeve. The fact that Roman's like, I'm going to go to Montreal alone. I'm like, you don't go anywhere alone. <laughs> like, that's not happening. So, I, know. I don't know. I, I don't, something's up is what I'm saying. Yeah. Something is up. It's going to be uh, must watch for wrestling fans. Julia, Big I don't time. know how much she's going to be interested in that, <laughs> but I bet you, you and I, you and I will, uh, will be, will be watching that one. I uh, appreciate Buddy, it. I'll be, 
I'll be streaming it from Mexico. Oh, wow. Even Love better. that for you. Even better. <laughs> well, enjoy the sun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, uh, we'll chat again soon.